And now, another beautiful thing coming up here, Mr. Guile Smith. Wait, you're, you're not done. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so, speaking of the glory of aging, oh. Roger Nix turns 60 tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> How ironic. How ironic that I'm up here. <laughs> and it was really cool timing that it just so happened that this very weekend... One of the original leadership team members, Mark Tietzort's in the house. So, Mark, could you come on up, please? <laughs> Woo! <clears throat> I think it, what you're seeing right here is the original three stooges of the leadership team <laughs> that poor Susan Seely had to endure. Right. Where is Susan? She's in, she had to go to Australia to get healed of working <laughs> yeah. with the three of us. She had to run as far as she possibly could. So, so I, I, I've, Realized Mark was here in town, and I thought it'd be so fun for Mark to pray over you uh, on this sixth. And we've got a little gift for you, uh, um, you as guys. well. Um, just love. to just to bless Roger, he he's been such as you know. Really, if you guys want to know, as far as the culture of healing and recovery, these two guys are the reason we have it here. That's right. If you know them, just the way that they've laid their lives down for people, their own journeys of healing. Yeah and been very vulnerable and open to it, has been pioneering work that m many of us don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, let's give him a hand. Yeah. And and yesterday was Mark's birthday, right? Yesterday or two days ago? Um, or 20th. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we're, it, we're not going to talk about I, that. I didn't even know that. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. His Mark, birthday was this it. week, so. Okay. So, Mark, will you pray over Roger? Will you guys all agree in prayer yeah. over Mr. Nix. Yeah. Yeah, let's pray. You know, Roger, I just see this like really deep root system. Big, thick, deep root system. I'm, I'm reminded of like, um, what is it, Psalm 1? Yeah, like a tree planted by the river whose roots extend to the stream. And uh, you'll not even fear uh, when the heat comes nor cease to yield fruit. What's it say in your old age? That's another verse, but that's, that feels right. Yeah. But what I see is a multiplication of that. Uh, Father, thank you for the multiplication upon multiplication upon multiplication of a heart totally surrendered, totally pliable, totally given to you. Lord, thank you. Uh, how you've moved not only in Roger, but through Roger. You know, I, ju I just see the, the extension of God's grace going out from you, Roger, uh, touching the nations. So thank you for that. L Lord, let this year be that and more, but let it be done with so much rest, so much peace, so much favor, so much power, so much glory. Lord, that what people see is the blinding, welcoming light of your love through Roger in Jesus name. Yeah, amen. 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 Thank you. And Mark, if you I, I, I just wanted to mark for just for one second. Yeah. Uh, to just give us give us a little update. It's been about 5 years since Yeah, I guess so. Since since you graduated off the leadership team, you've been in the entertainment industry in yeah. Los Angeles. So just give us a little quick update. Okay. Uh, so, uh, years ago, um, I got, um, had the pleasure of just working with Roger and Guile and Susan. I, I love the culture, Roger, that, that you, uh, initiated where you felt like, uh, when you started leading here, you didn't want to do it alone. You, you saw a team, you saw the value in, in diversity and the value of things that were different than you. And you brought us all together and at times it was wonderful and at times it was even more wonderful. Um, and so we're grateful for John Peterson. Yeah, and so um, uh, with that, um, these guys have such a great heart for hearing the Lord. And so I've been, I've been here like pastoring for 14, 15 years, something like that. And I felt like the Lord was uh, calling me to go to California and re-engage with the entertainment industry, which I was a part of when I was a teenager but didn't know the Lord. Uh, and so they just, with so much grace and so much encouragement, brought the leadership team together, brought 
the uh, elders together and just just so endorsed what I felt to do. And I did that. Um, and so I've been out there for the last five years. And so one of the things that's happened uh, a couple of years ago is uh, Susan Silvestri. Susan, will you stand up? She's now my wife. So she was dancing over here earlier, so it was hard for me to focus on the Lord. I was watching her. <laughs> so, uh, so went back out and engaged um, in the entertainment industry. And it's funny, you know, how you think that you understand what God's going to do when you start in on a mission, you know. And so you automatically just go ahead and just check that off that that's not going to happen that way. Uh, and so that's what happened with me. And uh, the Lord really connected me with projects and directors and producers who did not know him. Um, and uh, I remember complaining one time, I don't want to work with this guy. I don't want to do this project. Uh, and he said, I thought you wanted to shine bright for me. And, and I said, I did. And he says, well, I choose the darkness you shine in. And so out of that, relationships were built with people that, d- that didn't know him, don't know him. And friendships were built. And prayer happens and connection with God happens and people are on journeys. And so, matter of fact, right now I'm connected with a film that's going to shoot overseas, and the executive producer lives over there, and we just have just a real natural kind of friendship bond that started forming. So that's been my journey, and that's an extension of you guys. It's an extension of here that's in relationship that God imparts things and changes the world. Yeah. Uh, and so that's 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 been our journey. Sue and I are also doing a show. Uh, we're producing. A show, uh, Free to Be is the name of it. And Sue created it. It's on um, Roku television. And it's a great, great show about uh, connecting with the Holy Spirit, connecting with God through the arts. And Sue does a great job with that. And I'm on the production of some things. And so I think, oh, yeah, I'm doing marriage coaching, too, online. Zoom. You guys are familiar with Zoom, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's about it, I think. Yeah. Awesome, Mark. Yeah. D- don't you just feel, like, calmer while Mark's talking? Like, just say things, like, say, I don't know, whatever, a, a, a rhyme, and I'll feel better, you know? Oh, that's, that's the Prozac. It's just, good, it's just good to hear you. What's that? That's the Prozac. That's the Prozac. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you so much. And, yeah. and just come greet Mark and give him money and things, like when you see him. Oh. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, we Happy bless birthday. you guys. Thank you so much. I love it. Um, when people who used to work here can actually come back and, you know, like to be here instead of a slink back in shame or something like that, that uh, <laughs> the Lord's really, really built a, a good culture here, but it's just because we were too broken to know any better. <laughs> and Jesus had to fix us all, sort of like we're hobbling in together, and he's, he's kind of putting us back together. Um, so... What are we doing today? We're doing something really fun. We, we've been talking about since the beginning of the year, this question, it's like a fundamental question we, we ask ourselves and we actually live by is what do I want, right? And it's, it's a, our answers for that are all over the map. Um, but over the last you know three, four months, we've said, Really, if, if, if you really think about it hard, look at who Jesus is and who, what Jesus did. What I actually want is Jesus' life. I, he, he came in the flesh as the one who made humans and showed us how to be human. But, but there's some parts of Jesus' life that I don't quite get. And to have Jesus' life, I have to live Jesus' lifestyle. Which means, if you look at Jesus' lifestyle in the Gospels, there that he ordered his daily life around practice of spiritual disciplines. When we say discipline, it's just the choice to do something. That, that there were things he chose to do through the Holy Spirit's power that gave him the life that he lived. So that he actually made his life available to us. That we could actually live it the same way that Jesus did. And so what we've been doing for the last bit is just what are those disciplines? What are those things Jesus chose to do with his time and energy? And the, the first one we address is simply prayer. And prayer is a massive topic. You can talk about it forever. So we divided it up into four things based on a book Pete Gregg wrote called How to Pray, a guidebook for normal people. And he says there's prayer that pauses in silence. There's, there's prayer that rejoices there's prayer that's asking. We're usually pretty familiar with that. But then there's also prayer that's yielding. And so up to now, we, we've talked about pause. 
and that, that moment of just getting quiet before God and letting Him order our lives. If you want to read about that or hear about that, we've got those uh, videos online. And lately we've been doing Rejoice. How do we engage in this thing of rejoicing in prayer? And the way we've been doing it in the last couple of Sundays, we've talked about praying the Psalms, that, that God has actually given us a prayer book in the Scriptures that Jesus Himself used to learn how to pray. Jesus wasn't a superhero that was just born with these powers. He was a human just like us and learned how to pray. And we can see through from Jesus' life that this is the place you learn how to pray. So, for for uh, there's a couple of different ways you do that. We talked about it last week. We talked about just praying straight through the Psalms, maybe one a day or five a day or something like that. But another thing we suggested is you could write your own psalm. What does that mean? We, we don't mean you're writing the Bible. Don't worry about that. That's not what we're talking about. But what if you looked at the language that in the psalms and started to personalize things and, and started to write out this prayer to God? Because that's where the psalms came from. David hiding in a, in a cave and writing out. He's desperate writing something out or Others that when they're in exile reflecting on, oh, this is so hard. And they wrote this prayer down. And now we get to pray through that their pain and relate it to our own. And so we just put this invitation out to you guys. Why don't you guys write some prayers and submit them to us? And guys, some of the most gorgeous stuff has come in. Um, now, unfortunately, most of you are procrastinators. So by the time we were ready for this service to go, we, we only had about 13, so we, we chose some out. In the last couple of days, the inbox has exploded with them, and, and yeah, it's been really cool, amazing stuff. But what we wanted to do today was just share with each other. We went and talked to some folks, would you be willing to, to read one of your psalms? And so that's what we're going to do the rest of this time. We're going to have a couple psalms, and the people who wrote them actually read them, and worship Jesus together, do a couple more and then worship Jesus together. And just, so it's going to be this call and response thing where folks from our own midst who've written this stuff are going to read them and then we'll respond to them. As we do that, you can stand during the worship music or sit, whatever you want to do. Uh, just be comfortable engaging with Jesus as our friends invite us into their journey and we can say, yeah, I'm with you. Let's rejoice in Jesus. So Megan Weinkoff is going to start us off. So Megan, why don't you come on up? Hello. This is my uh, personal pro process of heart restoration and mind renewal. I've been doing this for a little while now, so thank you for the challenge to, to do this kind of just poured out last Sunday. So it's very raw and real and right now. Oh, how my soul needs your divine touch. When the work surmounts, you are there. In the middle of the competing demands of wife, mother, college professor, PhD student, you were there. When I'm about to lose my ever-loving mind, you were there. When I need to have tough conversations, you were there. When I need to hold students accountable, you were there. When I need to confront conflict, you were there. When my body hurts so bad from the pain of health problems, you were there. Gets me every time. <laughs> Um, as people profess your name and then turn and treat others poorly, you are there. When I can't muster an ounce of praise, you are there. Through my humanness and mess, you are there. When my capacity can't handle one more problem, you are there, stretching me and growing me to handle it now and even more in the future. When I need a break, you are there, filling me up with the divine strength to meet the day. Your grace is enough for me through the ups and downs life brings. Through it all, you are there. I can't thank you enough for meeting me in the messy middle, for showing me the way through the darkness, for lighting up the path of promise. It might take one step at a time, but you are there with me, healing me, guiding me, growing me into the wife Mother, leader, woman of God, you meant for me since before I was born. 
The path is narrow. The pain of obedience is less than disobedience. The reward is overwhelming because it's for the kingdom. I mean, who cares about accolades, degrees, and praise from people? We do this for you, Lord. The long days and nights, the impact of lives for your kingdom, your glory, and your power is all that really matters. If you want me to walk this path, go through the fire and face the battles, I will over and over and over because of what you have done for me, because of the freedom, because of your son, because of how you love me, because of your faithfulness and your goodness, because of how you love all people, no matter how they treat you, because of how you chase down the one, no matter the cost. Lord, teach me your ways. I promise to follow you no matter how hard it is, no matter the pain, I will do it for you. I will walk through the fire if you want me to. I will completely surrender to whatever you will. Just because you love me the way that you do, I will pioneer this path if you want me to. Thank you. I did not write this psalm. I'm reading this on behalf of Mr. Rob Searcy. My wife and I were able to get all the groceries we needed at Walmart today. His love endures forever. Although I have new health issues and concerns, I have my medicines and appointments for the next 30 days and am not overly worried or anxious. His love endures forever. While we lost seven of our 34 perennials in our garden to the frigid temperatures of February, the remaining plants are blooming beautifully now as spring flowers. His love endures forever. We have clean water that flows from our faucets for drinking, cleaning, and bathing. His love endures forever. I have a warm place to sleep that is clean. His love endures forever. My daily walk with him is where I live. I so deeply appreciate the ordinary, simple aspects of life where I have unappreciated God in his caring for me. Let's sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness, together. You can stand, and in these moments as we're singing, feel free to stand or sit, whatever you'd like to do. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father.
Hello, my name is Sarah, and I wrote this psalm about a tough part of my life two years ago. <clears throat> the moment my daughter was born by cesarean and not breathing, his love and peace sustained me. When the pediatrician brought her back in the room breathing, his love and peace sustained me. As the surgeons had to reopen my stomach to find a bleed, his love and peace sustained me. Waiting for our daughter to be brought to us, his love and peace sustained us. Alone with my daughter, surrounded by other new mothers and babies, his love and peace sustained us. At home with husband, toddler, baby, and postpartum anxiety, his love and peace sustained us. Two plus years later, with a healthy daughter, son, husband, and self, his love and peace continues to sustain me. A psalm for someone engaged in an overwhelming task. To the tune of All By Myself. <laughs> I am tired. I am overwhelmed. Life is sitting on my chest and suffocating me. I stand at the border of the promised land and haven't the strength to enter. Did you bring me here to fail? Did you invite me to a feast only to stand me up? What if I run out of energy to build and... I'm left with a half-finished shell. What if my money runs out and I spend my days welcoming pilgrims to Walmart? But I remember my history with you. You have never failed, never left me holding my hands out. Everything that has happened in my life has led to better things. Even the hard, the bad, the unjust things that have happened to me have turned out for my good and for your glory. You have never let me down and never will. So I will trust you. I will follow you one day at a time. And in the end, no matter what happens in this life, I will commune with you and with the people I love forever. Oh, man. 
This psalm was written by Elizabeth Place. When high school buffets me with endless, poisonous triviality, your father heart will keep pursuing me. When I let ceaseless noise harden me to your voice, your father heart will keep pursuing me. When I spend my treasure on clothes and toys and let luxury become a necessity while children starve in the streets, your father heart will keep pursuing me. When loneliness wounds my heart and steals my joy, your father heart keeps running after me. When an online void robs me of my purity, time, and relationships, your father heart will keep pursuing me. When I am content in your love, my fickle feelings at last reflecting reality, for an instant tasting wild, unbelievable beauty, your father heart will keep pursuing me. When I am appalled at the depth of my brokenness and vow to go and sin no more and fall the next moment more grievously than before, your father heart will keep pursuing me. When I tear myself down and cannot bear the concrete certainty of future failing, when I recklessly doubt the inevitability of promised restoration, your Father heart will keep pursuing me. Because of this, beautiful Jesus, let my heart treasure this truth and my life throb with the unceasing echo. Your Father heart will keep pursuing me.
Hi, I'm Anna Mae Cameron, and um, I love poetry. It's always been my go-to, no matter what I go through. And a few weeks ago, I was going through some really difficult pain, and I couldn't sleep at night, and I got up, and this is what the Lord and I wrote. I will praise you, Lord, in my suffering. I will praise you in my pain, because you are good, Lord. You are good. I will praise you in the sunshine. I will praise you in the rain, because you are good, Lord. You are good. I will praise you as the tears run down. I will praise you when I can't sleep, because you are good, Lord. You are good. I will praise you in my victories. I will praise you in defeat, because you are good, Lord. You are good. Nehemiah 1.7 says, The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. Isn't that powerful? That powerful because it's not a theoretical. It's lived experience. Um, there were a couple things that came even just last night that um, I just had to grab a couple lines out of a few of these that were just so moving. Uh, here's an incredible line speaking to God. It says, your playful creativity... Shows in cowlicks, dreams, and pinky toes. Isn't that cool? Another one. God, you shook out attitudes, responses, and desires that had to go. I stumbled over the mess and washed my muddy, bloody knees with tears. Here's another beautiful one. So when I couldn't speak up for myself... He spoke up for me. My God is everything to me. When I wanted to run and not look back, he called me by name and welcomed me with open arms. My God is everything to me. I got a feeling that there's some dancing in the throne room as our Father hears our hearts articulated honestly. He already knows all the stuff that's going on, right? He, he knows it. And, and so, so why not just bear it to him? He loves to hear from his kids. I was talking about in uh, first service, uh, the, I'd received a testimony late last night of someone who um, was in a very, very difficult spot. Very, very difficult spot. Um, where life didn't seem like it was that worth going on. And over the last few months, um, by the way you guys received her, you may not have even known it, but on Sunday mornings, the way you loved her, um, it changed everything. That she was able to get connected with CR and get connected with LTS and women's ministry. And, and now two or three months later, is in a completely different spot. Completely different spot. I mean, and, and we don't even know this stuff is happening, right? I got to think, Lord, it's so cool how accepting and beautiful you are. And then I got to thinking, man, is there ever a time that God isn't like that? And here, here's the thing I got to thinking. There is a little bit, and here's what I mean by that. Here's what I mean by that. The Bible tells us that God gives grace to the humble but resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. You can see this in the life of Jesus. He has just the most objectionable people constantly coming to him and to the degree where people are like, why are you with those people? But man, when the guys who've got their act together, he's like, you know, poking them in the nose, like flinging, bing, you know. And I started to realize, I think the issue is the one of recognition of our need for Jesus. That, that maybe, it's, maybe God doesn't give grace to the proud because God won't agree with lies. 
Here's what I mean by that. If I believe I don't need God, it means I am God. And so he loves the truth and he just can't go with a lie. Oh, yes. He, oh, you need me. So let me flick your nose a little bit. You know, let a couple experiences because you're going you're gonna to be in a disastrous position. How about Megan Weinkoff? The pain of obeying you is always less than the pain of disobeying you. <laughs> you know? And so I thought one of the things I love about this community and that Roger and Mark have modeled and kind of set in the DNA is just a consistent, ongoing awareness of our need for Jesus to rescue us. Need, if, 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 if you don't recognize that and feel like God's resisting you, He is. Because it's to finally the relief of realizing I can't run the world. I can't run my own life. I don't have what it takes. Like they say, in the first step in CR, I've come to recognize my life is unmanageable and I need a Savior. That's it. That's it. And the grace of God comes running in. As we just humble ourselves. Humility is simply embracing reality. It's not self-rejection. It's just embracing reality. I can't do this without Jesus. Yay. And that's what communion is. We're going to take communion to finish our time of worship together today. To remind ourselves of this moment that God comes to us in such humility. The unseen God. Larger than we can imagine. I watched a pretty bad movie last night. Godzilla vs. King Kong. See, my wife loves this stuff. She loves the explosions. I'm like, what about feelings? You know, where we're totally, totally role reverse, the two of us. We're totally role reverse. She's like, blow them up, shoot them, you know. But it was this kind of this moment where there's these huge, you know, beasts that everyone's like a little ant, you know. And think about this for, for a second. God is infinitely larger than that. I mean, you know, if you ever really think about God, it scares, it scares me how big he is. Like, oh. you ever had that moment where you're like, you realize, what am I doing? I'm talking to God? Yet he's become one of us that we can see and touch and be a friend with. So that he's taken and said, I'll take your failures and the consequences of your failures and the things you did on purpose to hurt yourself and others. And I'll forgive you on the behalf of God himself. That's what Jesus has done for us. I felt one of the things the Lord um, said to me, perhaps for some of us, in this moment, when we're going to receive the communion elements and once again receive the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that He, if there's a problem and you need forgiveness, just ask Him. The answer is yes right now. And here's what you need to know when you come to this table, if you will, this table of fellowship with Jesus and one another, you don't have to be out of process yet. To be completely okay with God. Does that make sense? You can still be on the road of failure. Repeated failure. The whole issue is not whether you're perfect or not. It's just trajectory. I'm at least trying to get go to Jesus' direction and accessing His grace. Does that make sense? So if you feel like, no, I've got to be finished with my process. With whatever the thing is that you're working through. You don't have to. He loved you. Before you even started caring. He loves us as total messy sinners. He's just in love with us. And he loves us so much that he wants to heal us and forgive us and train us into a new life. Does that make sense? So if you're feeling like, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in this process yet. That he's got you where he wants you. Receive his grace in the moment right now. Okay? So... We've got something I imagine Jesus wasn't thinking about. And then his disciple, he was betrayed. That there's a little Ziploc bag on your table. And in there's like Porta Communion. So you got to tear the top off. There's a, there's a wafer in between 
two things of film. Don't eat the film. If it really hurts going down, you're probably eating plastic. So don't do that, please. <laughs> this is what I love about Jesus, though. Jesus, Jesus is not afraid of doing stuff messy because we're messy. He just walks straight into it. Says, let me, let me set you straight. So I'll give you guys all a chance to get that freed from its wrappings. Okay. And I'm going to assume that most of you are ready. We okay? Anybody need to hold up? I feel like we're taking a time test. Okay. So let's just for a moment just be in the presence of Jesus. Imagine if you're feeling any guilt, pride that you don't need Jesus. <laughs> Boredom. It's a good sign. Something's up. Something's up. You don't know what you got your hands on. Tell Jesus, I'm bored. This is weird. I'm with the God of the universe. Why am I bored? And say, Jesus, will you rescue me? Will you forgive me? Save me. So let's take the body, the broken body together. It's broken for our healing. You know, blood is the thing. If we run out of blood, we're dead. Scriptures talk about that it's blood where our life is. And that Jesus' blood spilled out was his life given away so that we can have a life. Life that is truly life. Life that we were actually made for. We can't get it on our own, but Jesus can give it to us. And so, as an act of faith, let's take that cup and say, I trust that your blood was enough to give me the life I was meant for. Romans 5 in the message translation says, because of Jesus and what he's done, everything is okay between me and God. So let's stand together and we're going to finish by singing that very thing, a declaration. Everything is good between me and God.
that for just a second. You don't even have to feel it. But receive that declaration over you that because of Jesus, everything's okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay because of Jesus. So, Father, for all of us, as we're moving from this moment, it's a little easier to recognize that everything's okay because of you. As we walk into it, Lord, bless us. Keep us. Be gracious to us. Let your face shine on us and grant us peace by the power of the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give a hand to the psalm writers in the room? Hey, keep on sharing them. Just bctulsa.com forward slash share. And or testimonies. We love to share them. We need to hear them. Guys, have a great week.